Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel proclamation comes from the Old Testament lesson of Deuteronomy and serves as the basis of our theme for our Thanksgiving Eve observance. Thanks for everything. Oh, how I can tell you of the many miracles we have been experiencing at Faith here of late. We've had people wanting to continue the testimonials after our stewardship campaign so they can share their faith stories as well, completely unsolicited. Our campaign did well enough that we can anticipate more offerings next year than we had last year. We had a goal of 30 Thanksgiving baskets and you came through with enough for 40 Thanksgiving baskets. There was the member that prayed for help with an infection and no sooner did I text her the prayer, she was replying, the infection was clear. One of our members was feeling guilty about not being in church, and another member encouraged her, saying nobody is judging her, but just wanted her back, and she felt so relieved she found that to be totally true. We're on pace to have over 20 baptisms this year, quite possibly a church record, but I would have to check on that. A granddaughter told her mom she felt she needed to be with grandma one weekend. She didn't know why. She just felt her grandma needed her. Mom consented, only later to remember. It was the one-year anniversary of Grandpa's death, which they all completely forgot about. Many miracle after many miracle this year, for which we can do nothing but thank God for. We could not have possibly generated these things to be so. We could not have created the aforementioned instances. We could not have planned one way or another for the events that were brought to my attention completely unbeknownst to me. I could not have even conceived that such things were necessary, nor even guessed they were on the horizon. These many miracles could have happened in no other way but by God's determined provision. And each and every one caused me to pause for just a moment and take stock of their miraculous nature and humbly glorify God. God's miracle of manna likewise humbled the Israelites in our Old Testament lesson today. In the wilderness, there was little means to provide for themselves, no proper place to grow crops to feed the herds. Without the grain for feed, there was no guarantee the animals would adequately provide milk, curds, cheese, and eggs for reliable sustenance. Likely, the grain they harvested at Horeb would be running low, and that meant no bread for the people. Something had to give, because nothing was left to give. Empty mouths to feed, because the wilderness gave little to sustain the little amount of life given to live there. We have all seen such desperation in our culture before. Many of you remember cupboards bare, and the only thing left to eat was potatoes from the cellar or government cheese. Some remember mothers or grandmothers walking the alleys of the city looking for greens to fry with a small 
bit of lard. Or dad or grandpa canvassing the streets for small bits of metal scrap that they could recycle for just enough money to buy a small carton of salt or an even smaller bag of flour. And you also remember in those impoverished times that mom and dad would say, it's all we have, and you should be thankful for that. It's probably almost impossible for people who have never experienced that kind of scarcity to comprehend, no matter how you describe it, especially when we have so much today and somehow we will always seem to want more. Homes with more cars parked at them than people to drive them living in the house. Clothing bending the rack in the closet. Shoes cluttering the floors. And fresh food delivered right to the door without ever having to wait for it. Phones in our pockets with buds in our ears. Little computers with us everywhere we go that do all the thinking for us. This era of abundance has tricked us into thinking we somehow earned this simply because we've always had it, and no one would dare deny us it. Our modern-day gods of Walmart, Winn-Dixie, and O'Reilly Auto Parts shine their benevolent faces on us through their cheerful signs as we pay homage to them with money we unquestionably hand over to them. If ever there were a quid pro quo, we have willingly participated in it. Then our deities of peace and order take our taxes for the next program that promises production in our community, and we barely glance at the ballot when we approve more of our money to give us a false sense of social security. We have idols of the movie. Sports and entertainment industry broadcast into our homes in the proper behavior to obsess over, and their manipulative contact distracts us from the current chaos of our world that we all just want to forget about for a moment, and then an hour, and then days at a time. It is our wilderness of our own making that satisfies our worship of self and makes us forget who truly provides. So God, our true God, lets your false God fail you so he can properly and eternally provide for you. Your favorite TV show comes to an end and the new season isn't renewed. Now what are we going to do with all the time that we reserved for the tube? That's when your favorite sport team falters and your favorite players retire. Now who am I going to cheer for? That's when your movie star misbehaves and the good movies are no more and that marvelous world of make-believe turns into stuff you just can't believe in anymore. Now who am I going to look up to? This is when your downcast face can see no further than the one who truly provides. Forty years in the desert was a long time for the Israelites to rely on God alone. Forty days was a long time for Jesus to go without food in the wilderness. Why was he isolated, weakened, and led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the manipulations of the evil one? This was yet another example of God providing for his 
beloved children. Instead of giving the devil what he wanted, our souls, he provided a scapegoat that would take our sin in the wilderness for 40 days and leave it there and giving us his eternal life instead. Then God provided the cross that we needed to die on and destroyed our sins so they could never accuse us again by laying them on Jesus and abandoning him on the cross. But another 40 days would come after these days in the wilderness with the devil. Only these 40 days would be different. Instead of temptation, sacrifice, and death, Jesus would provide what we need to be ready for his return. He would provide the training of the disciples on how to run the church and minister to God's people. He would give us the liturgy to worship and the scriptures to follow, training them and preparing them and leaving his Holy Spirit with them. And then he would ascend to the Father on that 40th day and prepare for the day when he would return. This Thanksgiving, that is the ultimate hero God we have to look up to when everything else fails. That is what we will always have to be thankful for, even better than anything else the world pretends to provide. He is our forever provider, and giving thanks is just the tip of what we can do in response to all he has done for us. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus always. Amen.